This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we continue our adventures in Acts with Peter welcomes Cornelius's delegation, Peter arrives in Caesarea, Gentiles hear the gospel, the Gentiles Pentecost, and Peter's report to the church. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider.
A reading from Isaiah chapter 40. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries, in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, Cry. And I said, What shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. O Lord, have mercy on us. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly set in the heavens. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. There is only one religion that takes history seriously. It's a completely different situation when it comes to the religions fallen sinful men have created. For all the religions invented by men, the witness of historical evidence is, at the end of the day, not that important. However, for Christianity, the historical witness is all too critical. For the Christian faith, the historical evidence is all important. For us as Christians, Christianity's historical integrity, if it is lost, our trust in the Word of God is lost. All Christians must handle the historical evidence of God's saving work in Christ as a precious treasure. 
This is especially true in our own age, in an age when some who call themselves Christian have taken the holy word of the Old and New Testament and treated it as a topsy-turvy collection of stories borrowed from other religions and cultures. The world's attempt to frustrate a proper attitude toward the, the Lord's holy, inspired, inerrant word as a historically accurate text has been going on for longer than we think. Actually, since Adam and Eve fell into sin. Did God really say? The result of the fallen world's approach in being skeptical of everything in the biblical text removes the historical importance, accuracy, and integrity of the Christian Bible. The magisterial use of reason sees the biblical text as a loose collection of literary puzzle pieces needing our great modern intellect to put back into its proper place. But the true meaning of the biblical writings of the prophets and apostles cannot be received in saving faith if not received as historically trustworthy. An artificial division between a Christ of history and a Jesus of faith has been shown to be the silliest of proposed solutions. The only Christ Jesus we can believe in is the Christ Jesus of history. The only begotten Son of God revealed by historical prophets and historical apostles as the Jesus of a specific time and place. A Jesus who won our salvation in history. I believe in Jesus Christ who suffered under Pontius Pilate. Sometimes I ask people in a Bible class, what historical fact would destroy your Christian faith? What historical evidence would completely shatter your trustworthiness of the Christian scriptures and prove that biblical Christianity is nothing more than an empty promise? Uh, sometimes people say, well, Nothing would shatter my faith. Then more thinking needs to be done about the historicity of Christ in his life, suffering, death, resurrection, and ascension in time and history. Because if the bones of Jesus would be suddenly discovered outside of Jerusalem, we would be in very serious trouble. If credible historical evidence were to come to light that showed from first-hand witnesses that Jesus never was resurrected from the dead, then our salvation would be completely lost. St. Paul agrees. If Christ has not been raised from the dead, then you are still in your sins. If Christ has not been raised from the dead, then we who believe in the resurrected Christ are also lost. We need to take the history of Christ and his church seriously, as did Isaiah, 
as did St. Paul, as did Jesus himself. We need to take the words of the prophets and apostles seriously. Is the text of the Bible trustworthy and reliable? Or nothing more than the human product of literary evolution that needs our own powers of skeptical intellect of sorting out and making sense. Today we ask, what is the ultimate destiny of the world's religions? They will wither like grass, here today and gone tomorrow. What is the ultimate destiny of those who have no trust in the integrity of the biblical text? who put their faith in their own smarts to supposedly ferret out in the text fluff from fact. Their misleading and dangerous approaches to the Bible will also pass away like the flowers of the field. Because it is the word of the Lord that endures forever, in an ever-changing world, the word of the Lord through the Spirit-inspired prophets and apostles is the only constant. The text of the Bible is the only thing that is solid rock on which to build. It is the bedrock of your Christian faith, and it is the bedrock of this seminary and of the congregations and church bodies which it serves even when some passages are in this life still not as clear as we would hope. Still, thank God, even a seven-year-old child knows what the church is, and a seven-year-old child knows who the Christ of the biblical text is and what the world's Redeemer won on the cross for all sinners. Each of us is no more than a humble servant of the Word of God, that Word of God faithfully preserved for us and for the world through the prophets and apostles, that Word of God that comes to us to save through the waters of holy baptism, through the Lord's Supper. The word of the Lord Christ did not come into the world to be obscured and mingled with the fallen imaginations of our refuse-to-believe sinful nature. The Lord and his Spirit moved the prophets and apostles to reveal the saving word, the saving word that creates and sustains saving faith without interference from our fallen human desiring to sometimes try to fix it or improve it. And so this morning again we say amen to God's word interpreting God's word, the word of Christ interpreting the word of Christ. In faith we believe that Christ's word will have the final say. And the historical evidence will continue to say amen to the word made flesh through the holy prophets and apostles. Continue to treasure the word of God and the historical witnesses to it. Defend it, share it, respect and honor it.
Keep it and cherish it. Proclaim it. Because when it comes to you and your salvation, the word of Christ first kept, cherished, and defended you. The redeeming word of God made human flesh and blood, loved you unto death. And in his resurrection from the dead, you are delivered from sin, death, and the devil to sing his trustworthy word now and into eternity. That's what Isaiah believed. That's what St. Paul believed. That's what Martin Luther believed. That's what F.C.D. Wienekin believed. And by God's grace, that is what you stake your very life upon, the very inspired, inerrant, and eternal word. To Christ and his word be all honor and glory in this age and in the age to come. For the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Amen.
our prayers, we give thanks to God for the birth of a son, Kirby Elroy, to seminarian Gabriel and Jennifer Strong. Let us pray. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, your mercy attends us all our days. Be our strength and support amid the wearisome changes of this world. And at life's end, grant us your promised rest and the full joys of your salvation. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Heavenly Father, you sent your own Son into this world as the child of Mary. We thank you for the life of this child, Kirby Elroy, entrusted to our care. Bring him to the saving waters of holy baptism and grant him that precious inheritance awaiting him in your eternal kingdom. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, you have safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with your mighty power and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by your governance may be righteous in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen.